Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Welcome back, Baldface Truth. I'm Stephen Vaughn filling in for John Kanzano right now, making his Baldface Truth debut. Local legend, the voice of the Portland Trail Blazers. Blazers. That's how you say it. My friend Travis Mers. Travis, what's going on, bro? Oh, not much. Does uh, does John know that you're having me on? Like, is this even allowed? I, uh... he, he's been on for how many years? And uh, granted, I've been working for competitive stations for years, but he, he's never had me on before. I will say I uh, I actually did run it by him. I wanted to make sure it was okay. I knew, I knew he was going to be on. I said, hey, John, is it okay if I have Travis Demers on? He's a free agent. He, I, I promise. He's a free agent. I can have him. I was like, yeah, that's fine. So you're good. You're good. Good to know. Um, first off, you know, just how uh, how's the off season going for you? You know, it's a it's a grind. I know for you, for everybody, it's a good grind, but it's a grind with the season. How's uh, how's the off season going with you, family, and the kids? Well, let me put it this way: we uh, we just finished up uh, racing some remote control cars in the backyard. Moved right on into uh, Friday night pizza and movie night. So that's that's what we got going on today, but. You know what it's like being at home with your kids in the daytime. You know, there's it's awesome and exhausting, and sometimes you want to break from this break. I guess you would call it, but yes. no, it's great. Well, and I'm glad I'm glad I can uh, provide that for you. Um, it's NBA Absolutely. draft, of course. Last night, Scoot Henderson being picked. You know, going and listening to a lot of the so-called draft experts, they love what the Blazers did in the draft with the three picks: uh, Scoot, and then Chris Murray, and then Ryan Rupert. Uh, what was your overall thoughts and your takeaways from the draft? And and do you think that these guys can contribute day one if they still are in, uh, in a Blazer uniform? You know, here, here's a term that we heard for a long time that we haven't heard from for a while. In a vacuum, these are great draft picks, right? I mean, you look individually, Scoot Henderson is, you know, in, in theory, according to all reports, he's going to be this next guard in the mold of, you know, a pre-injury Derek Rose, John Morant, somebody like that with the athleticism and all that. That's great. Um, you know, Chris Murray is uh, is an older kid. He's going to be 23 when the season starts, who's long, who can rebound, who can play defense, who can shoot a bit. And that's really the, the kind of rookie that can step in right away. And then Rupert, you know, we saw the reports that he's, you know, it was guaranteed a deal. We don't know the if, if that's true or not, but a super young kid who turned 19 less than a month ago. And, you know, the only thing I knew about him before yesterday is that he existed. And that's still about all, all that I know about him. So I don't know if he can come and contribute, but it certainly seems like Scoot and Chris Murray can based on, you know, their pedigree, the things that, that they've done in their young careers, that they should be able to, to step in and contribute right away. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, Mike Schmitz because I feel like, when Mike Schmitz came in, you know, everybody respected him as being really good at his job at, you know, evaluating talent. And you can go back and you go look back at his Twitter. And he, he talked about Ryan repair when he was 17, I believe, and was raving about yeah. him last season. It was Shaden Sharp. He, he raved about Shaden Sharp. Blazers ended up picking him. Does this just show that the Blazers have put a lot of trust into Mike Schmitz and his opinions when it comes to the draft? The fact that they're, they didn't necessarily trade for the vets, but they want to build with his mind. Yeah, and you, you don't hire somebody like that if you don't plan on trusting them, right? Otherwise, why why do you have them on the payroll? Um, so for whether it's him or Sergio Oliva or Andre Patterson or anybody else who's in the, the scouting department, you know, you, you look at all of those people and they all have input and they all have 
you know, some type of say, and they're taken seriously, right? So with, with all of those people and then all the analytics people that have been added to the staff in the last year or so, they spent a lot of money in, in building up the scouting department and trying to take advantage of, it's not quite a money ball scenario, but in Portland and in today's NBA, you've, you've got to find, you know, the those players that you can maximize for, you know, their dollar values and their contracts. And you know, that's what Mike Schmitz has been able to do with some young players, second round picks. They did it last year also with Jabari Walker. So it's uh, to, to see those things start to work in the Blazers' favor is, is really nice. Travis Demers, voice of the Blazers, joining me on the ball face truth. Um, you know, you talk about Jody Allen and Bird a little bit right there. How they, they've invested a little bit of money into the analytics in the scouting department. I want to, uh, can you mm-hmm. talk about like the G League team? Like how how important do you think the G League team is coming into Portland? I know they're going to get their name announced on Monday. Uh, I got my theories on what I think it's going to be, but I know you can't break that news here, Travis. But how important do you think it is to have a G League team? You know, just up the road, up at uh, University of Portland, the Child Center, playing, and then how can it affect the Blazers? You know, next season. You know, it has its advantages, right? Because it's it's not just a training ground for players. It's a training ground for, for coaches, for an office people, for uh, trainers, broadcasters. It's a place where, you know, relatively close, right up the street at the Child Center, you know, you've got an operation where you can train people to do every single part of your – somebody leaves or moves on to somewhere else or whatever, you've got somebody else who knows – the system and understands how the franchise operates and works. They can step right in and make things seamlessly. And you think about this too, you know, last year at the end of the season, um, and you hope this isn't the case every year, Stephen, but, you know, if you've got to sign a 10-day guy or, you know, a, a Jeanathan Williams or a Justin Manaya or somebody like that, and you pretty much just have to go off of a spreadsheet because you need somebody quickly, well, now you don't have to do that because you find a players that you know what they can do. Um, and, and sometimes guys like that, like I don't know what's going to happen with Skyler Hayes, but he certainly came in and showed that he can be a viable NBA player. Yeah. Um, we've seen that in other places too. I mean, look at all the players that, that Miami has taken from undrafted to two-way guys to now you know, crucial players on a team that reached the NBA Finals. And I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to happen, but you never know. And then having it in your backyard, you don't have to worry about you know, travel. It makes things really easy, and you don't have to schedule things if you need somebody you know, immediately you just go get them. Yeah, I, I think that's important because you know I, I I fully believe in the NBA talent rules all, and I think it's the upper yeah. echelon talent you got to get, and then you fill the roster and you figure it out later. Like you know, Scoot Henderson was the most talented player on the board at two, or I mean at three. Blazers draft him because he's the most talented. You figure out the fits later, and I think the G League uh, can only help with that. Travis Demers, voice of the Blazers, yep. joining me. Uh, speaking of Scoot. You know, drafted number three. I thought he'd go number two. I, I, you know, I didn't believe any report. I thought he was going two the whole time. So I was shocked when he was still there. He's on the team for now. Dame still on the team for now. I've, you know, I said earlier today. I think Dame will be a Blazer at the start of this season. So, having said all that, both guys, lead guards, you know, want to handle the ball, want to make plays. Scoot right now, not a great three point shooter. How do you think that those two can blend with each other and play off one another coming into next season? Yeah, it's it's tough because you know the, the the guards that the Dame has played with in his career, even guys that could play point guard, they've all been able to play off the ball. That's not who Scoot is. You know, he's not a guy who's going to come in and and play off the ball and and shoot. Like I said, he's not a catch and shoot guy. He's a a drive and slash kind of guy. He's a a pass guy. He's uh, a scorer. He can play defense. He can do a lot of different things. But he's not really an off the ball type of player. So. 
can Dame be an off-the-ball guy? At, at times he can, but I don't know just how much you would have those two guys out on the floor together. Do you, you know, and again, if, 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 you, if you only go by the players that are on the roster right now, and you say, okay, can, can Dame play with Ant? Yes. Can Dame play with Sharp? Yes. Can Dame play with Scoot? Yeah, maybe. But can Sharp play with Scoot? Yeah. Can Ant play with Scoot? Yes. So there, there's a way to mix those guys in and, and find a way to maximize them in. Yeah. Do you think, like, uh, you know, Chauncey, uh, here, here's, my, here's my problem with it, and I agree with you. I think Dame can play off the ball, but he's been so successful in his career. He's made so much money. He's you know, a top 75 guy of all time because of the way he plays. And that's, you know, he wants to run the pick and roll. He wants to run the ISO. Does Chauncey Billups, does he have the ability to go in and say, hey, Dame, we're going to need you to play off the ball a little bit. We'll let Ant have the ball if he's still on the team. We're going to let Scoot handle the ball a little bit. Give the ball to Jeremy Graham a little bit more. Does Chauncey have that in him to say, hey, Dame, we, we need you to sacrifice a little bit for this team? Yeah, I think so. I don't think sacrifice is, is an issue at all for Dame because he's put up the accolades, right? I mean, Everything short of an MVP, he, he's done. And we saw times last year, and Damon Chauncey even talked about it, where he deferred too much because he wanted to make sure that his teammates were able to contribute. And when, when he went on that tear in February and he was putting up 70 points and averaging 40-plus in and, and situations we've seen him do that in the past, it's because he's had no other choice, right? He's not the kind of guy that has to score 35 a night. He's the guy that has to score 35 a night if nobody else is getting the job done, and he can do that, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you have other players who can do the job and, you know, now Dame is playing less physically impactful minutes and instead of playing 38 minutes, he could play 33 minutes and you can space that out. And you look at the minutes that he's played over the last couple of years in the, the games, maybe he's added another year to his prime because he hasn't played a ton in the last two years and hasn't been in the playoffs. And at times, those those minutes have been less, you know, physically demanding. Maybe that's something that that can work. Yeah, I, I think that's how you try to get Scoot and Dame playing together. Is you got to pitch it that way to Dame. Is like, look, man, yeah. you, you've had so much pressure on your shoulders for so many years. Like now, we have a guy who we want to build around, but can also help you out mm -hmm. as well because he can get to the paint. He can be athletic, and Dame, you can spot up and knock down that three ball that you know we've seen him do so many times. Uh, Travis Murs, voice of the Blazers, joining me. Here on the Bald Face Truth, I'm Stephen Vaughn filling in for John Canzano. Travis, you talked about uh, Dame's 71 points. I want to go back to that game. You know, you're on the call. Yeah. How was that? How would you rank that impressive wise? Was that the most impressive performance you've seen in person while you've been on uh, the Voice of the Blazers? Are you talking individual performance? Yeah, yeah, individual. Um, um, that is the single greatest um, individual performance that I have seen in person in any sport in my life. Wow, and you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I haven't been around as I wasn't I'm not old enough to see, you know, Wilt's 100 points, but I, I did, you know, see a guy with one hand throw, no hitter. <laughs> you know, I've seen some, some pretty cool stuff, but Dame putting up 71 in a single game and a game that they had to have in a game that, you know, a lot of times when, when the guys will put up big numbers like that and Dame will have 50 through three quarters or whatever, he doesn't need to play in the fourth. He needed to play in the fourth quarter because the Blazers let Houston back into that game. Yeah. Um, there, is no, there is no individual performance that I've seen that is better than what I saw Dame do on that night. I, that's the thing is they needed all 71. Like it wasn't like they could go for yeah. 65. They needed 71. Uh, all right, Trav, I'll get you out on this one. Um, you know, Joe Cronin, he's getting a little heat today. Uh, you know, people are getting upset because he said he wants to build around Dame, build a championship team. And, you know, actions kind of speak a lot of the words right now. He went out and he drafted these players. 
The fan base is uh, some of the fan base, not all of it, not me, are mad about calling him a liar and saying they're lying to him. Just what? What's your thoughts on that? It, isn't Joe Cronin just doing his job and he's trying to do what's best for the franchise, or am I just, you know, being a Blazer fan a little bit too much and saying, you know, I, I need to be more offended that Joe Cronin hasn't necessarily lived up to what he has said since he's been named GM. Yeah, the, the thing with being a general manager in sports is you can talk all you want, but if those situations aren't there, you know, you, you're not going to pull the trigger and, and make a, a bad move just because you said you were going to make a move. And we've talked about this off air, Steve, and I think Joe has done a terrific job in terms of being patient. You look at the trade deadline last year, and he very easily could have said, yeah, I'm going to trade some future assets and try and salvage this season. He didn't do that. Instead, he gives up Josh Hart, gets a first-round pick, you know, gets Matisse Bible, who, you know, could potentially be around for a while and be a great defensive player and a great rotation player. And he didn't sacrifice future assets. Well, aside from the draft picks that they've used now, they still have plenty of things at their disposal if they do choose to go the direction of, you know, trading for veterans and trying to put a winner around Dame right now. And he even talked about it last night at the press conference that, you know, we are willing to use future draft capital. The, the draft is just one part of the equation, right? That you can still make trades. Free agency starts a, a week from today. Uh, they don't have cap space, but they do have some exceptions and, and things like that. So just because the, the draft is over, it doesn't mean, you know, he's, he's punted on trying to, to put veterans around this team. Um, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But e- even if, you know, they, they do decide to go in a total rebuild, I love Damian Lillard. Um, not just Damian Lillard, the basketball player. Damian Lillard, the guy, is the best human I've been around in sports. He is everything that you think he is and everything he comes across as, as being. That's who he is, right? And you have to, when you're running a franchise, you have to put the franchise first. And in my opinion, we've talked about this also, Stephen, is that, you know, if you're trying to win and you're trying to put the, the franchise in the best position to win, you need Damian Lillard. But if that option isn't there, you've got to put the franchise first. And that's what I think Joe Cronin is is going to do. Just like Damian Lillard, we'll put Damian Lillard first. As it should be. It's it's not show friends, it's show business. And I think right now it's it's just an interesting time with Rip City, just what is going to happen coming up. But, Travis, thank you so much for joining me, man. I uh, really appreciate it, and I will talk to you later, my bro. Always, man. Thanks for thinking of me. I did. Travis Demers, voice of the Blazers on a BFT debut for him. Joining me, I want to appreciate that. Really appreciate that. You know, he, that's my guy. Travis, my guy. He uh, he hired me in this business, so uh, I always owe him that. And uh, you know, he's had some interesting things there, and I want to touch on on the other side about you know he even talked about you know Dame, great person, great teammate, but he's gonna look out for himself, and I think that's I think that's good and. I wish he would have done it earlier. I wish Dame would have done it earlier when he was 27, 28 in his real prime and put some pressure on the Blazers, but he's doing it now. We'll see how it ends out. We'll talk about that a little bit more coming on the other side. Bald Face Truth on the Bald Face Truth Radio Network. I want to thank Travis Demers for joining us last segment. Pretty open for uh, working with the Blazers. You know, said, said, you know, what he said about Dame, how, uh, you know, He's a great player, great guy, but he's got to do what's best for Dame. Blazers got to do what's best for the organization, and and I couldn't agree more. Like, uh, and no matter what side you're on, whether you think the best thing to do is to build around Dame, that's great. I just want the Blazers to do it. I want Joe Cronin to make that decision, and I want it to be clear. If it's to build 
for the young and for the future, which I would prefer. I would rather do that and look to explore the trade possibility of trading Damian Lillard. I think you got to do with that. And right now, Joe Cronin is saying one thing, but his actions are doing another thing. Those actions are bring in young players, draft young players, and not make any trades. Now, there's still a lot of time. You know, the offseason has just started. There's still plenty of time to make a trade. There's still plenty of time to sign a free agent or, you know, see what Dame wants. I think we're overreacting. There's a little bit of overreaction Friday today uh, after the draft, which is understandable. I mean, I think we were all expecting a bigger splash. Jude, I don't know if you thought about that. But I mean, I, going into the draft, it's not that I thought there was going to be a big splash, but I kind of felt like there was going to be a big splash at the same time. Like it, <laughs> it seemed like something big was going to happen. And not that it was a letdown because I love I love the Scoot Henderson pick. Um, you know everything you read about Ryan Rupert, he's a good little player. Chris Murray, yeah, I'll take it, whatever. But um, you know, I was going to, I was expecting this bigger splash. It just didn't happen, so it, it almost feels like a letdown. And I think fans are just getting that in their opinions, and they're making making it so it's all negative. Yeah, I agree because I thought the Scoot pick. We were reacting to it live as it happened. I was given big fist pumps. I was we fired pumped. up. We were psyched, I was yeah. really happy that MJ took uh, Brandon and left Scoot for us. Like I, I thought that was awesome. Home run. When they sticked, stuck and picked Murray at 23, I was starting to get a little worried because I had heard and we had talked about that that pick still has trade value, and especially in a draft like this where they're thought to be draft you know, value in the back half of the first round and even in the second round. They just, you know, stick and pick at 23, stick and pick at 43. To me, that left a look because I, I was anticipating a Nurk in 23 or a Simons in 23 trade to happen. And when it didn't, I was like, uh-oh. E- even more than the – because we agreed. It was only Zion at three. If any trade that we thought was going to happen, it was going to be the Zion trade. And sounds like they never really full, never really considered that with any degree of um, seriousness. Well, there was some contradicting reports. Some people were out there saying – New Orleans was adamant at getting Shaden Sharp in the deal. And I think, you know, we talked to Sean Hyken, and that's a no-go. Like, that's a that's a non-starter. Yeah. So if New Orleans came in and said, well, we need Shaden Sharp in this trade, Joel Cry made the great choice. And then Cronin even detailed, like, hey, we, we were trying to get the value of the three pick on the market after the lottery, and we were going for guys that were going to be players that took us to the next level, that were on great contracts, that we think are better than the options at three. And he's like, that really became a small list really quickly based on how high we were on Scoot and Miller. And then it was that contract comment that got me because I was like, well, Zion's not on a great contract. (laughs) And you could argue his fit, you know, his off-court fit. So to me, reading between the lines, I don't think they were really considering Zion with that much seriousness. Maybe they were, but at the end of the day, I was really anticipating Ant or Nurk or both to be moved with one of the 23rd or 43rd to show me some signs of seriousness in building around Dame because now they've really cornered themselves to having to have a busy summer on the free agent market and that, you know. It sound, do you think Jeremy Grant's a shoe in to come back? We don't have to worry about it? Um, I think if Portland wants him back, he will come back. Okay. I, I, I think as long as Portland offers them a contract, he'll come back to Portland. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Depending, again, depending on the, the direction that Joe Cronin goes, if he really wants to go young, he's, he won't offer him a contract. But I think, I think at the end of the day, Jeremy Grant will be in Portland. 
And then Sean Hyken actually asked Cronin and said, would you consider trading future draft capital to help improve the roster now? And Cronin said, that's a great question. Yes. So that's the one other thing that I don't really consider a ton is like trading future picks with yeah. this, because that's not really something Portland uh, tends to do, at least not their first rounder. So um, anyway, that's they get better get busy living here in the month of July as Dame turns 33, because if they don't get busy with anything, then... I just don't see a future with, with Damian Lillard and Scoot Anderson playing together in Portland. Certainly not past the trade deadline if it gets to the regular season at all. And, and there was a little bit of talk of Nasir Little and 23 maybe being moved. There's some Cleveland likes Nas, apparently. Apparently they yeah. like uh, Nasir Little. I think there's another team out there that has some interest in Nasir Little, but he's not going to get you a big haul back. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think the 23rd pick when they picked Chris Murray, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was more of just a question like, why Chris Murray? Like, I mean, again, maybe they see something. Maybe Mike Schmitz, we got to put more trust in him and says he sees something in this guy. But when I watch Chris Murray and I'm not the end all the BL scout, I don't claim to be, but I'm pretty good. I worked in the NBA. Like I, you know, I tried to do that for a living. I've talked to those people in those brooms. I don't see it with Chris Murray. And so it just didn't make sense. And as Travis said, he's older. He's going to be 23. That's, that's, that's not a Schmitz pick. That's not a Schmitz pick. Every, at least type. It's not though, because you look at, um, you know, Scoot, it's all potential. You look at Shaden Sharp, that was a that pick wasn't a for sure. Like that was questioned. And Schmitz is like, no, like he is he is the guy that we need to build around. He's got the potential. The Chris Murray pick just doesn't make sense. Ryan Rupert is 19 years old. Like that makes sense. 23 year old Chris Murray at Iowa who doesn't play defense, not a great shooter. That doesn't make sense to me. I, I that pick, you talked about this off the air before the show. Like, you think something's up with that pick. That my antenna goes goes up with that. You said, yeah, you said your little spidey sense. Smells something smells weird. It smells weird. It smells like Joe is talking to Sean Marks in Brooklyn, and Joe is probably talking to to Pat Riley in Miami. And I didn't know the Miami GM until I looked him up today, but he is one big, big uh, chubby old dude, which is kind of funny. But anyway, just a bodyguard for Pat yeah, Riley. Yeah, just a bodyguard for Pat Riley. But you know, I don't know if there's some conversation of like, hey, we're not going to make a Dame deal right now. But let's all talk to one another, you know, about the guys. Brooklyn had two picks in front of Portland. You know, you don't think there was some conversation about, hey, by the way, if you take this guy, this guy, maybe that could be part of our conversation here in July. Or Miami takes Hawkes. You don't think that that's someone that Portland may have been interested in, too? That, I know Hawkes is also older, not necessarily in the Schmitz type that we're talking about with Murray either. But He's a different player. Though. He's a different player and freaking baller. And yeah. when West Coast guy, I don't know. I, Something smells fishy to me, and I think we're still going to – it's going to be a busy next next month or so, which is kind of exciting in a nervous way. I want to ask you this question real quick. Uh, <laughs> you know, the third pick had a lot of value. What Before the pick was made, everyone was talking about, well, this pick can probably get you a star player. And it didn't come to fruition. That trade didn't happen. But now that Scoot Henderson is the guy at three, and it, that Scoot Henderson is the name to that third pick – does the third pick have more value or less value now that it is known to be Scoot Henderson? Like, that's the guy. Can the Blazers go out and they trade Scoot Henderson for a veteran all-star? Or was it more valuable when it was unknown as the unknown third pick rather than known as Scoot? Does that make sense? It depends on what point it was unknown. Because if it was unknown after Miller goes, then I think that's its highest value because everybody wanted Scoot. But at the same time, then in theory, it'd be the same value now See, I, that, I, I, that, that Scoot's known. And that's know? my point is yeah. I think there is a possibility where Scoot Henderson is traded before the season starts. I, I don't. I would say very low odds. I would say 
I really think Scoot's going to be on the Blazers for the for the present and the future. But there's a chance that Scoot Henderson could be moved, and that would make Dame happy, wouldn't it? Depends on who they get. I just don't know who they get. You know, yeah. is, is it if it's Bridges or Bam? Then yes. yes. But outside of that, or I guess Zion or Jalen Brown, I guess not. Jalen, I don't think Jalen does it. Jalen Brown's not turned down a hundred million dollars either. He's staying in Boston. He's staying in Boston. All right. Well, that's it's just something to, something to chew on there for could the happen. weekend. It could yeah. happen. Uh, I want to thank Judah Newby for helping me out all week these last two days. I want to thank John Casano for letting me fill in. Thank all of you for listening, and thank the Portland Trailblazers for drafting Scoot Henderson and bringing me content to talk about on the radio because... We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.